I was just thinking, you know, one of the most wonderful things in life is to wake up and enjoy a long cuddle with someone. Unless you're in prison. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. friends it is great to be back it has been quite an adventure the past couple of weeks <coughs> i have picked up the usual fall chest congestion which carries me around at this time of year every year so excuse any coughing that might happen i don't mean it personally and i don't have a cough button on this particular software to make that go away hi i've missed you I have been having incredible highs and incredible lows and living life the best way that I know how. I got to go to Vancouver. My, you know what I hate? (laughs) I'm getting off on a tangent right away because that's what I do. People who who drop names and and people who pretend to be good friends with uh, people of a higher caliber in their own industry or celebrity. It's, it's... wonderful and it's delightful and it's silly at the same time and it just it's one of those little irritants like the word hubby um it's it's awesome it's a great word it's always said with affection uh that i can tell but it's just one of those irritants to me so when people drop names um pretending to be good friends with um with uh with with the people of you know with names basically um I, i get a grin out of it which is kind of a um, oh, a salty grin. Let's call it that. Uh, it, it's it's akin to um, uh, the the magicians who visit the magic castle and stand outside and perform something for someone, and then uh, post up on Facebook about how they worked the magic castle. It's oh, it's darling. It's just the cutest thing. And 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 and. <laughs> Um, I'm not being sarcastic in the least little bit. I, I find I'm in a mood right now, this this afternoon recording this, that, that everything just seems delightful. Just every circumstance that has brought me to this particular point. And I'm talking about the really crushing bad ones, too, where, where I was at the lowest I have ever been in my life. But, man, the experience and the, and the purging and the forging and everything else that those kinds of experiences cause in your life to bring you to a new place in your life are just as valuable as the happy ones. Hi, it's Hannibal, and I'm in a rare state of mind. This might be the shortest podcast that I do. It could very well be the longest podcast that I do. Uh, I've got things I want to say. I've got things on my mind, and there's things I want to touch on. 
and I don't know if I'll get to them all or, or if I'll just plow through and get through all of them and, and make this one big confusing thing. But the one thing I want to get out to you is that you are remarkable and amazing and fantastic and don't let anybody else tell you differently. If there's things you want to change about yourself, then change them. Be happy with who you are. Find love for the person that you are. Be, be grateful for your hardships because they are defining who you are and they are strengthening the character of your being. You are amazing. You are, you are, you are stardust compressed into a physical being with feelings and emotions and, and you are a spirit caught in a meat puppet. <laughs> you are, you are, you are a collection of carbon and other elements that somehow gained a consciousness, whether through divine power or through some other oddity of the universe that, quite frankly, I just don't understand. But I know that I have emotions and I know that I have love and I know that you have it too. And so I'm my, my whole point behind that little diatribe is rejoice in everything that life brings you because it's all eternal. Even, even death and, and, and going into the loss of loved ones or the loss of an old life. It's all part of the process and it's all part of the beautiful thing that life is. So, you know, rejoice in, in, your, in your sadness. And, and, and when you come through on the other side of your mourning and your grieving, make that, make it into something positive. Realize that it was a cleansing and a purging and be grateful for the times you had and live for this moment. Hey, so I went to Vancouver. Here's a big skew right off the road immediately. I went up for a magic convention. I don't get hired often for magic conventions or magic uh, events, uh, more so this year than, than anything. I've actually done two, which is two more than I usually get. Uh, I did Genie earlier, and we uh, told you all about that. <clears throat> And then I was invited, and, and this is the whole point about the whole name thing. I was invited by my very good friend, Sean Farquhar. Um, Sean and I are actually good friends. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, but he uh, he was helping the local magic club up there, the, uh, the, uh, the Ring of Vancouver, the Inner Circle Magic Ring of Vancouver, who are celebrating their 75th year uh, as a magic club community as a magic uh, uh, club started off back in World War II. Uh, Like-minded magicians got together to talk about tricks and talk about routines and talk about technique and handling and philosophy and all the wonderful things that go into my craft to make it what it is. <clears throat> and 75 years later, they are still going strong. Um, they threw a public show uh, and invited uh, invited the club to come in and, and perform, and then brought in three uh, three professional talents, uh, myself and two others. And I, I, there's one that I want to make. I'm going to pull this up as I'm talking because I want to make sure that I get his name correctly um, before uh, butchering it. Jackie Yu, uh, fantastic, amazing magician, and and of course Andrew Goldenhirsch who. His name is uh, is synonymous with quality and beauty in the work that he does. So the three of us came in. Uh, Sean brought us up to uh, to round out the show, um, and and it was a beautiful show. We sold out two nights uh, in in a beautiful waterfront theater, 
and uh, and we made magic, and it was fantastic. Uh, I got to travel all the way across the country with Sean, um, talking about magic and and routinely and taking little naps on the way of this uh, uh, seven hour journey, and uh, and we talked about marketing and finance and we talked about technique and philosophy of magic and, and creating new ideas and, and creativity in general. It was very inspiring. And unfortunately, once we got there uh, and met his wife, Lori picked us up at the airport. We went out for sushi and Sean uh, got a little food poisoning and spent the rest of the weekend just uh, just in, in horrible pain and and. and uh, horrible nausea, and he would be literally standing off stage, uh, looking gray and 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 sweating, and having a bucket nearby. And then he would come on to M- MC, and it was like he would stand up straight. He went out and did his job with panache and flair and and uh, and magic, and then he would come back off stage and and collapse again. Uh, true professional. Uh, something Patton Oswalt has talked about. The, the the healing power of the stage and it, it's it's temporary while you're out there I can attest to that I've gone on stage with with uh, kidney stones before and you go out and you do your job um, this is one of the industry that you, you don't call in sick unless it is it is literal life and death um, but we go out my friends and I we go out and we do our jobs and we, we try to do the best we can and bring joy and magic and love uh, out to the audiences that are put in front of us. So two great nights on the waterfront. We uh, it, A wonderful little collection of shops and a, an amazing farmer's market um, that, uh, that I wandered around to in between, uh, in between nights. And uh, the closing night, Sunday, we all went out to a, a gelato place which had uh, 300 different flavors of gelato, yogurt, and ice cream. Uh, everything from you know your standard uh, black cherry and, and and chocolate chip and and, the, and so on like that to jalapeno to uh, Jack Daniels and chocolate to uh, wasabi they had a wasabi flavor and and you could sample them all um, just wandering around there so we spent a little time uh, sampling some of the more exotic flavors and I got to tell you it's an experience if you get the chance I would highly recommend it. And uh, I just spent some good quality time uh, afterwards, the, the artist did. And uh, these are the moments that I cherish as well. The stage, being up on stage and performing often, uh, turns into a blur afterwards. It, it's, it's, it's a different, it's almost like a different world out there, a different home. And, and, I, and I go and I do my job and I'm in the moment and I know what's going on when I'm on stage. But quite often when I step off, it's... I remember the people, and I remember the people that I that joined me on stage, and those are the things that really get to me. But as far as remembering what I said or, or what I did or the motions that I made, that part becomes becomes blurry. So I uh, I flew up uh, Friday afternoon and did shows on Saturday and Sunday night, and then got up at ass o'clock in the morning on Monday. And flew back across the country through Toronto and the entry point back to Charlotte and had my own show at 8 o'clock Monday night because I am an idiot. And I thought, I can pull this off. I could make this work. My plane lands at 8 o'clock. The show itself begins at 8.30. I can do this. I can make this happen. And you know what? I did it. 
I made it happen. I made it work. And it was one of the most powerful shows I have ever been able to deliver. And I'm awfully grateful. Now, the opening act that I brought on, uh, Rambling Sailors, um, my good friends Greg and Susan, who shared a stage with me uh, at Renfair for several years, uh, I love their music and I love their hearts and I love the way they put themselves into the music and the art that they make. And so I asked them if they would open the show since they were in town. And I came in and they had already started and uh, and they were just, the crowd was with them and everyone was singing along. It was so beautiful. And um, they didn't see me come in and I had basically told them, just play till I get there, you know, uh, do, do a 20 minute set. You know, of course, that's that's where, where I want you to get at. But if I'm not there, in, you know, after 20 minutes, keep going and I'll, I'll pay you accordingly um, just till I get there. Just, you know, kind of hedging my bets on things. But uh, I walked in and I listened to them play and they hadn't seen me yet. And uh, Greg mentioned that I had said, keep playing till I get there and that I wasn't there yet. And I called out from the audience, wrong, sir, I'm here. and I'm enjoying everything. So they did, uh, they did an incredible, beautiful set. They had people singing along and uh, a good emotional end uh, to their act with Waltz of the Wallflowers, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. And then they closed with a song whose name I just don't know. I, I, I can't remember the name of it. They played it every year, and, and it's, a, it's a song about working festivals and busking and, and putting yourself out there. Um, Gosh, I wish I could remember it. May I, I, I remember the name. And of course, the tune is, is very clear to me, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, beautiful, beautiful job. Just, uh, I, I was not let down in the tiniest bit. They they um, they have a great heart and they have a great talent. If you are nearby uh, a fair where they are playing, the Rambling Sailors, make sure you check their show out. Awesome, awesome, awesome uh, couple. Um, then I did, uh, I did a 40-minute set which was uh, basically a lot of, uh, of talking and storytelling and, and uh, the, the bookends, uh, elf boot bit. And then, <clears throat> I'm dropping names again, and my very good friend Jacqueline Hyde, um, who is a, a, a sideshow performer, came on and did a, a moving, moving uh, song. I, I, she sang and, and blew the doors off the place as her opener. Um, dressed in a, in a lovely black dress and with her hair very I'm going to use the word angry but uh, but very emo- her hair was emotional if you can get behind that feeling uh, and then did follow that up with a burlesque number followed that that up with a uh, a uh, a dance involving hot wax and and emotion I'm going to use that word over and over again because she just had the room in the palm of her hand emotionally and spiritually and beautifully. Um, and then following that, she took uh, index cards with, with, um, with words. With, 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 and I, I, honestly, I don't want to spoil it because you might get the chance to see this at some point in the future. But powerful, descriptive words of people, of, of times, of, of the way that people look at other people. And she took these index cards with these words on them. And stapled them like a, with a, a, a heavy-duty staple gun, stapled them to her body, like she's owning the words and and, and uh, unbelievable. Just just and and uh, people were moved and people were weeping and people were were cheering and and I had to follow that 
That was incredible. And there's an incredible feeling, too, when you, when you have artists like Greg and Susan and Jackie working with you and all working together as a team and pulling emotion out of the audience and making it stronger and stronger. It challenges you, it challenged me, to, to work harder and, to, and to, to push a little further and to, and to really explore the depths of what the gift in my hands is. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. And that was my second to last uh, show at Petra's. And I did, uh, because of the nature of everything else, uh, I followed it up with The Naked Truth that night. And I think I had more people writing on me than ever before at any other show. And uh, and uh, after that, we went out for Taco Bell and... and, and got centered and got back to reality and, and slept well and long. And uh, it, was, it, it was a great penultimate show, a great penultimate closer uh, as, I, as I prepare to leave Charlotte for the last time. Um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful, and I, it was such a beautiful, beautiful night. And, and uh, uh, it's something I will certainly never forget. Uh, for the rest of my life. Now, there is one more show. If you're in the Charlotte area, there's one more Hannibal show coming up, and it's going to be just me, uh, December the 4th, the very first Monday of, um, I hope that's right. It's the first Monday in December, he said, pulling up his calendar to make sure he has, yes, December the 4th. Um, it'll do, be just me at Petra's in Charlotte, um, I'm going to start at 9.30. The show starts at 9.30. It is a pay-what-you-want show. Uh, so if you have no money, come and enjoy the show for free. If you're poor, come and pay a dollar and see the show for a dollar. If you, if you just feel generous, come and, and throw 50 bucks at me or 100 bucks, and I will give you a $1,000 show. Um, that's what I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play my heart out. I'm going to put it all on the table. I'm going to make it. You're going to have no doubts as to who I am when I leave the room or where my heart is. Um, I owe it to myself. I owe it to the art, and I owe it to you. And uh, I will not slack, and I will not leave it sitting in the can. I'm pulling it all out. So at Petra's on December the 4th, come and watch a grown man play with cards. Um, after that after after that show i took a couple of days i went uh, i went to dinner uh, with my daughter with my oldest daughter here's some good news for those of you that have been following my adventures in uh, in uh, my family breaking apart and things all changing my oldest daughter carlisle turned 29 on friday or i'm sorry on saturday um, november the 4th while i was in vancouver so Tuesday night, I took her out to dinner for the past 20 years. Yeah, that's right. Since she was nine years old, uh, we've gone to Nakato's in Pineville. Um, we missed one year because she was living in San Francisco. Um, and then there was one other year that she wanted to go to Big Ben's, which was an Engl uh, England English uh, restaurant that she wanted to try out. But every other year. We've gone to Nakato's and we've uh, we've shared dinner and laughter and stories and um, and loved each other in this place. And she called me up and she wanted to do it. And uh, of course, I said yes. And we set the time aside and we had a, a nice long a nice long dinner together. And and we caught up with things that are going on in our lives and where we're moving from here and 
Um, of course, I'm moving across the country, and uh, she's looking at places she wants to visit and travel the world. There's a Marillion song called Map of the World that uh, I believe is her favorite Marillion song. She's not quite the Marillion fan than I am, but she does enjoy some of their music. And uh, there's a song called Map of the World, which she absolutely dotes by, um, about having a literal map of the world on your wall and wanting to see every bit of it. And that's the kind of heart that she has. She wants to see the entire world. She wants to experience those things. And uh, I encourage that. Um, go, you know, go where your heart leads you. Don't be, uh, don't be bored or tied down into one place. Pick up your roots and, and go traveling. You've got legs for a reason, right? Um, and we, we shared... Uh, we shared pretty deeply, and I'm grateful for that time we had together. Um, immediately following that, because of uh, exhaustion and because of emotional, et cetera, et cetera, I fell into a very deep uh, depression. I fell into a very, very bad place for quite, for quite a few days. Um, I am just now today crawling out of it and seeing the light of it. But when those things happen, I, I had not properly... Um, I had not properly physically taken care of myself over the course of that time. And, and I can make excuses for it, but that's, you know, that's the long and short of it. I didn't take the proper care of myself that I should have, and I slipped into a depression. And it's, it's a disease. You don't watch out for it. You don't take the proper steps when the time is right, and, and you can get sick. Well, I got sick. Um, I pushed some people away. I, I isolated myself for a little while. Uh, I, I did go to my therapy. I did make sure that the, the, uh, my therapist appointment was taken care of, and uh, and that helped. Uh, but then I had to get the process of getting back up to where I am right now, uh, and I'm and I'm back, and everything is good, and I'm watching the health, and I'm watching what I'm what I'm doing, and so everything's going to be fine. Uh, and and as I noticed, as I said before, ultra grateful for for everything. Uh, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for listening. Uh, there's currently 45 subscribers to this channel, and I'm grateful for every single one of you listening and subscribing to see when I'm going to be talking again. Uh, I am going to try to make this uh, every Tuesday, getting a release out. It, it has slipped in the past couple of weeks simply because of travel and everything, but I think I've got all those bugs worked out to where I'm able to record even when I'm on the road and uh, and you know, keep you caught up with what's going on in this life that you seem interested in. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, not a lot going on for the rest of November. Uh, the, the big thing, of course, is I'm going to be up in Pennsylvania at the Smoke and, Mir Smoke and Mirrors Magic Theater on the 24th and 25th of November, right? Uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, grab your families, and if you're, if you're in that area, uh Come out and see the show. Look it up on online. Just uh, Google up uh, Smoke and Mirrors Magic Theater and uh, come out if you can. Love to have you there. I promise a magical evening. That's what I do. Um, in dealing with my illness and dealing with my uh, my depression and the anxiety that comes along with it and the, the fact that uh, uh, November is bare, November is very empty, and, you know, in the lead up to Christmas shows and, and the things that December usually promises a, a fairly profitable 
month, but October, November, not so much. And right now, um, bills are behind. Things are unpaid um, simply because I do not have the money and I'm trying to catch back up. There's people that I owe uh, money to, don't know where it's going to come from, but I do have faith that it will come and I'm faithfully working what I do. I, I had a breakfast in the midst of my depression with my beautiful friend, Max Howard, uh, and his wife, Diane Bray. Uh, we went, we met up at IHOP and had nearly three hours of, of, of fellowship and, and, and conversation Sunday morning. Max is an incredible performer. Max is an incredible human being. And um, one of the things he told me about what I'm going through and, and, and the the struggle that I'm in right now is that the it, it's all a process and I'm going through the processes of, of grieving and, and losing things. And sometimes I will get out of it and walk out of the forest for quite a ways before I suddenly find myself back in the midst of it. And while it may seem that I've fallen backward, I am in fact making progress. <clears throat> and it's obvious, if not to me, then to the people that uh, surround me. Sky has mentioned on more than one occasion that I seem much more stable now. I'm much more in control of my emotions and 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 dealing with uh, the things that pop up on a daily basis. But Max said that in this process, I used to live by a certain set of processes, a certain set of I am a, I'm a father and a husband and I am responsible for these people and these particular things need to be done in order to take care of them. Those processes have changed. They're, they, they're no longer relevant in my life. My children are grown and have moved on and maybe they will come back to me and maybe they won't, but I'm in a new life and I'm in a new world and, and I do have great memories and I do have great times that I had with them. And those don't change. Those don't go away simply because they did. And, and yes, it is tragic and painful and hurtful that I don't have them in my life right now. But I cannot let that, I can't let that break me. I can't let that destroy me. I'm responsible for too many other things. I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for the gift that's been put in my hands and not squandering it and, and using it to the best of my ability for the people that choose to be in front of me or get chosen to be in front of me. I, I, I take this work very seriously and I, and I owe you, those of you who listen to me, those of you who come to see my shows, those of you who read my blog posts, I owe you truthfulness, honesty, and hard work in what I do. The gift is there, but it's nothing without my work in it. So I have a new world and, and the world, my world has changed and I've changed a little bit with it. But I still believe 100% in, in love and, and in joy and, and in spreading and sowing those things. And, and I'm not going to stop doing those things. My heart might be broken, but it's still working. And, and yours is too. You have, you have gifts and you have, you have things to share. And, and they, they don't go away because of situation. Uh, you are a gift. Max gave me a quote um, that I'd like to share with you here. It, it, it meant a lot to me in the, in the state I was in and actually went a long way towards 
moving me towards the light side. Max said, life is a gift that we are given to give. Life is the gift. I'm sorry. Let me, let me start over. Life is a gift we are given to give. The life that we give is what we get to take with us after death. And that is perfect justice. I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'm going to, I'm going to dive into it a little bit. Max said, Max Howard, this is a quote, Life is a gift we are given to give. And the life we give is what we take with us after death. And that is perfect justice. We do have the gift of life. And I hadn't quite looked at it from this perspective before. My gift of magic and storytelling and and, and drama and, and the things that I bring to the stage are only part of my gift. My other gift is life. And I am expected to give of my life to you, to all my neighbors, to the, to the people that share this planet. We give of our lives to other people. And, and, and what we give, the things that we give, whether it is love and joy and laughter and happiness and beauty and magic, or if it is negativity and anger and, and hatefulness, Whatever it is we give, that's what we take with us after death. That's how we will be remembered. Regardless of, of financial stability or financial situation or, or your place in the world, the gift you have given, the life you have, is, is also there to be given away. We, we, live, we leave a little piece of ourselves with everyone we meet, and we take a little bit away from them as we leave them. So I had a beautiful, wonderful, loving, fabulous family, and I still have that. They didn't disappear from my past. I still carry that and all those great things with me. But they've moved on on their roads, and I have moved on on mine. And, and I, damn it, I'm going to continue to give as much love to everyone that I possibly can. I, I had a... Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell this. I had a person who was a peripheral part of my life for about two years. We weren't exactly friends. We, we were in the same circle. We certainly knew of each other very well. He had some issues with me. I had some very specific issues with him, uh, but it didn't this is going to sound odd. It didn't directly affect my life personally. So I didn't, I wasn't concerned that much. Well, we have moved on from each other's lives for various reasons, but um, a night earlier this week, uh, middle of the middle of the evening, like seven or eight o'clock started texting randomly. Uh, He appeared to be drunk. He appeared to be angry he, uh, he used terms with me like calling me out and we had unfinished business. And my only response was, no, we don't. Um, I have no beef with you. I have no anger towards you. We, we were part of each other's lives for one time, for, for a amount of time. We didn't, I mean, I respect you for who you are and what you've, what you've done and what you've accomplished. I'm, I'm grateful that I know you and I'm, I do admire some of the things you've done. We're just not, we're not exactly friends. Uh, you're not my enemy by, by any stretch either. 
you're just you're you're a person, and and all the uh, you know the the relative importance of that statement. You are a person I know. Um, I, it's not that you don't have anything to offer me, it, and it's not that you. I don't see you. I didn't. I didn't see this person as a as a positive influence in my life. So I'm not going to talk down about him, and I'm not going to try to, you know, I'm certainly not going to try to damage him. But it was a matter of you don't have anything positive, uh, and in fact, your influence on me would be somewhat negative, so you're not in my life or part of my life anymore. No animosity, no hatred, no anger, just I, I'm setting this aside. This is not good for me. It'll be over here. Um. But uh, the texts continued in that he was angry and we wanted to get together and he wants to have it out and he wants to talk and he want, and I just I just started ignoring him. I had to leave it be, um, and that was unfortunate. I was actually going somewhere with that and I totally lost that train of thought. One of those things that 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 just happened uh, this past week. But it oh I remember where I was going with that. the the, the point is is that I have I have love for this guy. Um, in the fact that he is a living, breathing, creating human being who has loves and pressures and stresses, all of his own. I don't have a beef with anyone in the world except one person. Uh, there is one person that I, um, I cannot get my anger and hatred out of myself for. I have tried. I, I, uh, uh, I am unforgiving Towards this person, I uh, I don't see myself being able to let go of the anger and the hatred that I have. Uh, the 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 man who killed my mother, the man who murdered uh, my mother, who uh, never went to prison, never saw the inside of a courtroom, um, got away with it totally scot free, went on to a whole new life of his own, um, married again, had had children, uh, didn't have children, but married into, married to a woman that had kids and et cetera, et cetera, ignored his own children. And, uh, anyway, him, I can't let go. Uh, I think you could see why, um, I have tried to be forgiving and I've tried to forgive and I simply cannot and call that a character flaw if you'd like, but everyone else, Regardless of, of anything, anything we've ever had in the past, or any um, disagreements or or friction we may have had in the past, I hold no beef. I hold no anger. I hold no hatred towards anyone. So there. If you have a beef with me, if you if you are upset with me, I'm sorry. That's your problem. That that is absolutely 100% your problem. I cannot help you with that. I will not apologize for being myself. I I strive to not be offensive. I strive to spread love and joy. And I'm human and I fail at those things. And for those things, I apologize on my failure of, of not, uh, of somehow offending you in the way that I did. I will guarantee you I did not do it on purpose. I did not do it with animosity and I didn't do it with any kind of, uh, of ugliness inside me. I simply failed. And I'm sorry if I failed you. If it's made you mad and it's made you angry and you have a problem with me, I ask for your forgiveness. I won't beg for your forgiveness. But any anger or beef you have with me is on you because I don't have those returned feelings. I don't have anger towards you, whoever you are. Um, boy, that went in a weird direction, didn't it? 
<laughs> I apologize. Um, I, uh, I had a breakthrough, uh, new topic. I, I had a breakthrough earlier this week, thanks to a very close friend who, who gave me uh, random words. I, I asked her for random words on a certain subject, and she threw a lot of concepts at me, and one of them stuck really, really well um, for an effect that, again, it's one of those things that I've been working on for quite some time, but didn't have a, a storyline behind it. I didn't have a a presentation behind it that I was satisfied with. I didn't want, I don't like my effects. I don't like my show to be an adventure of the props, if you will. If, if it's just that this thing is going to do this thing without any kind of a, of a feeling or emotion or, or even if it's just, you know, laughter and happiness behind it, I'm not interested. I want to do things with meaning. I want them to come from within. I want to give you meat uh, bread and vegetables and, and everything when I'm when I'm presenting something. I don't want it to be baby food. I don't want it to be pablum. Um, I want you to experience the magic the way that I experience it, the way it makes my heart move. So anyway, there's this there's this uh, wonderful uh, old effect involving walnuts, and that's all I'm going to say about the trick is that it involves walnuts that I've been working with and practicing technique for a while because I was intrigued by the process. Well, uh, I, I threw some things out um, to, uh, to Megan, and, uh, and then she came back with a whole list of things that, that affect that particular uh, scenario. And now I can't contain it. I've, I've, I've written a script that is, is, uh, is quite long. I mean, you know, you're going to compare it to things that are meaningful in my life. It's Merillion song long, uh, involving a lot of different emotions and a lot of different processes. And it may turn into its own show, its own different separate show. I, I just don't know at this point because the writing and editing process is still undergoing. But I want to throw out a couple of, uh, a couple of concepts to you, the people that listen here, because I do appreciate your support, and I do want you to be a part of my inside ticking, and, and here's here's part of it. Bear with me. Um, in jokes, in, uh, in humor writing, there are two different kinds of bars, okay? There is the bar where uh, a monk, uh, a rabbi, and uh, a Baptist minister walk into. There's the kind of bar where a, a cowboy and a nun uh, walk into. There's the kind of bar where a guy after work walks into. And they're all legitimate. It's all uh, something that could actually happen, right? And then there's the other bar. And the other bar doesn't exist uh, in, this, uh, in this dimension. In this bar, a horse walks into a bar and orders a beer. Uh, a bear walks into a bar and says, I would like a beer, please. And the bartender says, why the big pause? A crab walks into a bar. A piece of string walks into a bar. A sandwich walks into a bar. And the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve food here. There's that bar. There's the surreal bar. And the contention was is that everyone knows this bar. Everyone has a picture of it in their mind and it remains consistent. This surreal bar 
um, that various creatures and, and myths walk into is very specific in someone's mind. Um, in mine, it's a it's a kind of a wide bar with the dar with the bar itself just a little bit too close to the door. Uh, maybe Salvador Dali is over in the corner sketching something, or or uh, Van Gogh is leaning on the uh, the upper railing, uh, painting the people and the creatures that he sees below him. I don't know, you know. Maybe there's a field of daisies over in one corner, but uh, but it's it's the surreal bar, and who knows what might happen there. One of my uh, favorite Marillion albums. Is that redundant? Is that just uh, when I say favorite Marillion album, is that just pretty much apply to all of them? No, not all of them. Uh, there's some that I go, eh, eh, yeah, okay, that's good. There's there's a good song or two on there. Um, the last album that Fish performed on was called Clutching at Straws, and it dealt with uh, the breakup of relationships and it dealt with dealing with alcoholism and it dealt with warm, wet circles on a bar top. Uh, beautiful, beautiful images and, and incredible things. And, uh, and, and part of that is very heart-wrenching and talking to your, your children on the phone exclusively and not ever seeing them. And, and uh, the, the image of a bar, and, and not a bar that is, you know, there's a 30-minute wait at Applebee's or, or, or Chili's, and so you, you sit in the, uh, in the offshoot bar while you're waiting to be seated. No, I'm talking about a neighborhood bar. I'm talking about a place that is just specifically there to be a bar, a place where random people come and hang out and become part of the scenery and, and, and return again and again and again, and it becomes part of your life. And in some of those bars, the drinks are served in paper cups or, or plastic cups. And in some of those bars, they are served in fine crystal. But the image there is that, uh, and, and before I say this next statement, let me, let me go ahead and say that I'm not judging. I drink alcohol. Sometimes I drink it for social reasons, and sometimes I drink it for bad reasons. Sometimes I drink it to take the edge off of my life. I've done it too often to, uh, to look down on anyone else for doing it. I, I, I don't have anything like an alcohol addiction, but I have been known to turn to a bottle to... To, to, to subdue the feelings, to, to pull it down a bit, to be able to handle the things that I am feeling. So the image I wanted to put up, the, the, the image that I want to, to solidify in your mind is that a real bar exists for the sole purpose of selling you small, small amounts of poison in really fancy glasses. When... I was asked to leave my marital home when I walked out on my wife, when my wife walked out on me. I'm going to put all three of those up there because all three of them have been stated to me and only one of them is true in my perspective, but other people see things different ways. When that event happened, I crawled into 
a couple of bars and I sat and I, I scribbled things on beer mats and I watched other people and I listened to other people's conversations and arguments and I drank my poison out of decorative glasses, crystal cut, beautifully made refracting light sort of glasses with small amounts of poison in them to kill my nerves, to kill parts of my brain that were incessantly insisting that I was a bad guy and that I was I was wrong and that I, I had ruined other people's lives. And all of those things were lies. And from that image, I skipped over to a movie that I, I kind of enjoy. It's, it's one of those things where the movie itself is kind of eh, you know, but there is one scene and there's the scene of the white poker chip and uh, an alcoholic sitting at the bar and someone asking him why he didn't just go to a meeting or, or there, there were places that he could go to meet with other people and get a hold of his addiction. And he pulls a handful of white Alcoholics Anonymous poker chips out of his pocket and says, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I am the king of the white chip. I'll get you an exact quote someday or maybe I've talked about it before because it is a very powerful image to me in my life. I got a handle on it before it became a problem through friends and through therapy and through working things out and through the threat of prison and all the other things that have come up over the past two years. I got a grip on that, but some people never do. So this bit, this this act, this effect, this trick that I'm working on is going to deal with the loss of my wife and it's going to deal with the loss of my family and it's going to deal with the brief dance that I had with alcohol. And it involves walnuts. I look forward to presenting it to you someday. Um, I look forward to presenting it to myself someday. I think the whole thing, now that I have the storyline down, the whole thing itself is going to gel um, the way these things usually do in about a month or so. And I'll be able to present it uh, maybe here, but definitely by the time I get to Hollywood. And that's, uh, that's where that is going. It is, uh, it's a beautiful day. The, the weather here in North Carolina has, has turned to the cold side. Uh, I have friends that work outdoors on weekends <clears throat> here, and, uh, and it's been a little bit brutal. It hasn't, been, it hasn't been as brutal as it has been in the past, perhaps, but it is certainly very noticeable um, this year. So uh, my thoughts and my love are, uh, are with those of you who have to spend time outdoors in this bitter cold. Uh, but it is also with you, those of you out there seeking. Maybe you're looking for houses or maybe you're looking for new things in your life or, or new love, new affection. Maybe you're not even sure what you're looking for, but you, you know that your heart is searching. I'm right there with you. I'm in a, in a, a big state of, uh, of searching myself. But I found that uh, in my own search, one of the revelations that has come to me as, as at least part of this journey is that a lot of my searching had to be done inwardly first. I, I have to search, uh, I have to search my own heart, my own, uh, the things that I need to give to myself in order to function, in order to move forward, in order to be uh, the human that I want to be, the, the love giving soul, spirit here in this carbon body, um, the life that I want to give away. 
So that's what it is, and that's where we are for this time of week, this time of year, uh, this this process of change and moving on. I'm going to close. Uh, I have left quite a few things out that, in looking at my notes and looking at what I want to say, aren't yet quite relevant. I got the important things out that I wanted to say. I uh, I hope it has been valuable to you. Oh, <laughs> I should probably mention this. Um, I uh, the book is finished. The book is processed. The book is at the publishers, and it will be available. Uh, Friday, November the 17th. Uh, it will be available on lulu.com. There will be a link to it on my website, themagicartist.com. You can find it there under the merchandise tab. Uh, first actual published book. This is not, uh, it is not a novel. It is a series of stories uh, and things that I have experienced, um, life experiences, people that I've met, places that I've visited, and my my own personal uh, view on those things. It's not a magic book of magic tricks. It is not. It is not a uh, an untrue story. It's uh, vignettes from my heart. It's called At the Table, just like this podcast, because most of the important things in my life that get done happen with someone across a table, a conversation, a uh, a declaration of love, uh, uh, a creativity of of spirit and of art. A lot of my life happens across the table from someone important. Uh, Like you, you're important. And uh, that's why I do this for every one of you that is listening. You're important in my life. Um, So the book will be out uh, this coming Friday, November 17th. There's a link on my my webpage. Um, Best way to find it. Then there will be, uh, I guess I should probably put up a link here on the podcast. So look in the the, uh, description for a link to the to, to purchase the book if you'd like, um, and uh, and I hope you enjoy uh, what you what you read from it. I'll talk more about that in the next podcast. Um, I'm I'm hoping. Well, there's a few hopes. There's many layers on this. One, I want it to be enjoyed. I hope that what I have to say and and what I've printed and and, and bled over for the past year writing this book. Uh, is important to someone and, and has meaning for someone. That's the most important thing to me, that you get something out of it, a laugh or, or a, uh, a life-changing event, whatever, and anything in between. And second, I hope it sells because, truth be told, I could certainly use the money uh, to pay down the debts, to pay down the, the people that I owe, uh, to take care of business. Uh, so those things... Um, I am certainly not driven by money, uh, but it is nice to uh, to uh, help take care of those who have taken care of me. Get some time with someone you love. Reach out to someone you love. Tell them that you care about them. Um, read. Turn off the news for a little while. Turn off the negativity. Turn off the the things that are important in the world. Uh, there are many disturbing things happening. There are many glorious things that are happening that aren't getting reported. Most of the news that, that comes across the TV and the radio is, is, is presented negatively. Some of it justified, justifiably negative, because that's just the way things are, and, and some of it not so much. And I, I do hate that the positive stuff is ignored, it seems, uh, the way it is. 
But turn it off for a while. Read a book. Talk to a loved one. Sit across a table from someone and and share a meal and get to know each other a little bit better and leave the negative stuff out. Reach out to someone who might be hurting. Accept the love that other people offer you. I'm going to make this more regular. I promise. I'll be back next week. I'm shooting for every Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my life. And I really, really hope, I really hope that there is love where you are. Sitting on the corner, staring down this reading wall. Making fun of faces at the people we don't meet. Oh, whoa. Holding out of pockets for all the world to see. Oh, whoa. Singing our old songs, busking you and me. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. It's funny how they always seem to want to get away from you. Throw a little money and say, hey man, now do just what you do. You sing a little anthem and answer, hey man, I am. Just a little more dough and I'll show you where I stand. That's the plan, ain't life grand. Breaking in the quarters, nickels and the dimes of war. Breathing and dreaming and passing by the time of war, war. Thinking of the past and what we live for, then war. And where we're living now, our worries in the winter war, war, war. It's funny how she always seems to wanna get away from you. Cause you're honey in the jar, but when she's out, you're glue. Lord, it's true. You put your axe up in the case, and then you ease and making haste for the door. Then you bust it to the corner, get your busking all in order for the show. On the road, here we go. I play a whoa, a whoa. Days turn into weeks and weeks are into years of woe. We live for the fans and make the music in the ears of woe, a whoa, a whoa. Thank you.
Oh, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Nothing I'm good. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.